0: So in this episode, we're going to be looking at mutual funds. So what is it, what you need to be aware of, and what the risks involved are. So make sure you tune in till the end to help you save some money all around mutual funds. Welcome to the Witch of Wall Street. This is the home of Wealth and Woo, the place where you will feel confident to invest and manifest with your tribe of wealthy witches from around the world. Because let's be honest, the history of women and money is not so encouraging, but I promise you that ends here. I am thrilled you are joining me on this mission where we are breaking down the barriers and beliefs holding women back from becoming financially independent. And together, we're writing a new financial her story. So if you're ready to feel empowered with your money and discover new ways to build wealth with a spicy twist of woo, then you're in the right place. So cozy up, it's time to get your wealthy witch on. So in this episode, we're gonna be looking at mutual funds. So if you haven't checked out the previous episode, go check it out now. It's where I went in and spoke all about index funds the power of them why are they such a great opportunity for early stage investors for new investors for the average investor out there an incredible incredible opportunity so make sure you have listened to that episode now in this episode we're going to look at mutual funds now on the surface a mutual fund and an index fund they're kind of same same but different right so they're similar in the sense that a mutual fund equally it's a public fund and it's open to anyone However, the key difference is this. Typically, mutual funds are actively managed. And by that, I mean that there is an investment manager, a fund manager that is moving the money around, making investments, buying and selling in order to beat the market return, in order to beat. For example, if you just had your money in an index fund, so the only reason you'd really go and have a mutual fund or have a fund manager is to beat the returns of just holding the fund, just holding an index fund and just getting market returns. So, why is that really important to highlight? Well, if you think about it this way, if the manager needs to beat the market, then the only way that they can really do that is if they are investing. So if they're buying and selling different different products, different stocks to try and make that a better return for you. But what does this mean? Well, it means that you're incurring excessive fees and a lot of transaction fees. So even if they are able to produce market beating returns, the chances are that after you deduct the excessive fees incurred, they're either gonna be the same or worse. And we're gonna share some really, really cool insights and data around this as well, just to really help you understand what it is I'm talking about here. And also, why actually being aware of transaction fees and taxes are really important and it's not something to just put to the side because in this case, ignorance is definitely not bliss. If a mutual fund was not able to outperform the market, then really you'd be better off just investing in a low-cost index fund, right? So we know that already. But there was a really cool quote by David Swenson. So he's the chief, or he was the chief investment officer of Yale University. So he managed something like $30 billion. So he says, look, when you look at the results on an after-fee, after-tax basis, over a reasonably long period of time, there's almost no chance that you're beating an index fund. That's a pretty solid piece of advice from David Swenson. Now there's a really great article I found in Forbes, right? So it's called the real cost of owning a mutual fund. So just remember a mutual fund, it's a public fund open to anyone to invest, but it's actively managed. And that's what the key difference is versus an index fund, which is passively managed, meaning you index and chill, your money just sits there, does its work, versus a mutual fund actively managed. So let me break this down for you, right? It's very, very interesting. So the writer of this Forbes article, The Real Cost of Owning a Mutual Fund, highlights the array of fees involved. And so often these fees are hidden, Maybe not hidden intentionally, but they're definitely hidden or lost in the documentation, the finer print. Of course, there will be some amazing advisors who will highlight this to you and work with you. And thankfully, I've come across such advisors. It definitely gives me hope in the financial industry. But equally, like in every industry, there's cowboys. There will be people that will not be forthcoming with this information, that will hide it from you. And so it's really important, again, just to be aware of this. So... After all of your financial education and your own research, if you decide, you know what, I still want to hand my money over to a financial advisor to manage it for me. I don't want to do that myself. And I don't want to just have my money in an index fund. And if that's what you truly decide, at least have the ability to have a conversation and challenge them. Because the worst thing, and I've, I've sat through these conversations with friends is when they don't understand and so they can't challenge the assumptions, they can't challenge the bull that they've been told by their advisor. Um, And so often uh, what they're being told is shockingly bad advice (laughs) and I just speak from experience, not as a criticism of the financial market or the financial industry as a whole or financial advisors as a whole, but from unfortunate bad experience um, myself and with, with, uh, with people that are dear to me so anyway let's get back to this so the Forbes article shared the array of fees involved so the first thing we have is an expense ratio right so this is the mutual funds investment advisory fee so really this is the administrative costs right so the writer said this is about one to one and a half percent okay next up we have transaction costs right so remember a mutual fund The only reason you'd invest is if they can give you market-beating returns, which means they have to be investing, which means they will incur extra transaction costs. So this is the commission that your fund pays when it buys and sells a stock. So remember, this is an active form of investing, not passive, like we have in index funds. And so a mutual fund will be actively trading to try and outperform market returns. And we're looking at about 1.44%, to be exact. Then we have the cash drag, as it's called, which is the cash basically just held on account. And of course, there's um, the tax cost as well, which is about a percent. So depending on whether you are in a tax uh, shielded account or a taxable account, you're looking at four, about 4.2 or 3.2 percent depending. So the question you might be thinking is, well, Laura, does three or 4 percent really make much of a difference on my returns? Well, I'm glad you asked <laughs> because I have the exact example to share with you to highlight that yes, it does. And actually being aware of the fees, the costs that you're being um, charged and incurring is so important. So what is the real cost of a mutual fund? So let's take Janet and Julie. So they're both 35 years old and they're investing £100,000 over the next 30 years. right? So let's just assume retirement at 65. So they're putting their money aside to invest for long-term wealth to grow their money. So they both achieve a gross annual return of about 8%, something pretty standard. Janet has invested in index fund, which costs about half a percent in annual fees. Cool, index fund, passive investing, low transaction fees, low fees. Still important to check, but typically quite low fees. So then Julie on the other hand, decides to go with an actively managed fund. And we're thinking, well, it was only three or 4%. What difference does that really make? Now her mutual fund is only costing 2% in annual fees. So that's pretty good. There's only about a percentage and a half difference. So what do you think the results are? For Janet, who held the index fund, her money has grown to 865,000 pounds. But here's the interesting thing. What about Julie? So she invested the same amount for the same time horizon, but she only had an, she only had 2% fee versus Janet's 0.5%. So her, her investment still has grown, but it's grown to 548,000. So that's a whopping £317,000 difference, which in retirement age, that's quite substantial money. Like three hundred and seventeen thousand dollars, or thousand pounds, like how much longer can someone last in their retirement age versus someone who has now unfortunately incurred the extra fees? And so this is the importance of just highlighting and reiterating the point around the, you know, checking transaction fees, checking the fees that you're being charged and that you're incurring. And again, David Swenson, he's obviously not a big fan of mutual funds because he says, look, overwhelmingly, mutual funds extract enormous sums from investors in exchange for for providing a shocking disservice. So look, again, not here to criticize the entire financial industry, obviously. It's my background. It's where I came from. I have so many amazing friends. But it's to really empower you and educate you and equip you with the understanding and the ability to ask reasonable questions to know when you are being miss or ill-advised to know how to ask questions about well what are the fees like what are you investing in to challenge their assumptions what is the risk portfolio or the risk that they have set up for your portfolio and is it in line with your risk appetite um, You know, I've seen people who are in retirement age and having looked at their portfolio that a fund manager has put together for them, their their risk level is insane and it's completely off the charts compared to where these individuals are at retirement age, which should be incredibly risk averse. So it's really important, whatever decision you make, and I still big fan of index funds, but whatever decision you make, that at least you know how to have a reasonable conversation, what to look out for, and how to challenge assumptions so that you're not misled and you're not lied to. So here's the other thing about mutual funds, right, when it comes to stock selection. So there's a study by Robert Arnott. So from uh, he's a founder of Research Affiliates. And he found that of the 203 actively managed mutual funds, with a minimum of $100 million in assets. So pretty good. So of the 203 actively managed mutual funds, now having tracked their returns over 15 year period, only eight, eight of the 203s, only 4% of them outperformed the S&P 500 index. So can you imagine putting your money with this Mutual fund, you're thinking, God, they have over 100 million assets. They must be pretty good and be pretty solid, know what they're doing. And you're incurring these excessive fees and you see the difference even a percentage and a half can make. And at the end of the day, they still don't give you a better return than if you just let your money sit in a passively managed index fund. So 96% of those mutual funds failed to add any value, any additional value. And in some ways, that feels criminal to me. But it's so important, again, just to understand what you're setting up for because you know everyone can be a salesperson and everyone can tell you that this is the perfect product for you, that this is the best thing available. But of course, they're gonna tell you what's right for them because they need to make money too. And I remember sitting in a, in a bank before who had an investment arm and the first thing out of the the woman's mouth was, well, look, we're a bank, so we need to make money too. So what do you expect? And so again, look, there's obviously people who have, you know, integrity and are more purpose-driven, who have ethics, who care about the customers their clients and want the best interest for them and will manage their money effectively and efficiently and with goodwill. But equally, there's a lot of people who really don't know what they're doing, who are, you know, just out to make commission for themselves, money for themselves, and you're gonna get both. So it's just so important that you're aware of what the truth is, what index funds are, what mutual funds are, that you're aware of how financial markets work, the cycles, that you're aware of the costs, the impact of the costs, and you're educated enough when it comes to your money so that you can ask challenging questions, so that you're not just becoming another statistic where people just push you aside and don't provide you with the information because you don't know how to ask. <laughs> so there we go. Even of you know, these big mutual funds over 15 years, only 4% be holding an index fund. So another example I want to share is that, you know, what if you were to look at a list of mutual funds and see which one's the top rated? Right, so, there is a company called uh, Morningstars. They're an investment research firm in the US, and they rate different funds based on their performance. And so, they allocate a star rating. So, for example, you could look at a five star rated mutual fund and think, amazing, they have the best returns. I'll put my money with them, winning, right? That's what you would think, of course. Not the case. So, the Wall Street Journal did a great study going back as far as 1999, which found that of the 248 five star mutual funds rated by Morningstar, only four maintained their five star rating, was it 10 years later? So two, almost 250 five star rated funds were reviewed, and only four maintained that five star rating 10 years later. So Jack Bogle, the creator of um, Index Fund, so he kind of explains here why this is the case. So he shares that look, a firm will basically go out and start five incubation funds, so five funds, and they will try and shoot the lights out of all five of them. Now, of course they don't um, with four of them, and maybe they do with one. So they drop the other four, they let those funds, they close them down, and then they go public with the one that did very well. They get a great track record and then they sell that track record over time. Like if you are if you sit in Vegas for long enough, eventually you'll win on something. And it's the same here. Like if they have five funds and four of them are complete rubbish, they close them down, but there's one that has a great track record, they're gonna use that to show, look, it's a five star, I have a great track record um, and sell that. So. Again, doing your research, if you're looking to work with an advisor is so important and don't just take their word for heart. So David Swenson, again, another reason for index funds versus mutual funds, shared that look, your tax bill at a minimum is gonna be lower with an index fund. And this is actually really, really big because one of the most serious problems in the mutual fund industry, which is full of problems, is that almost all mutual fund managers behave as if taxes don't matter. And in fact taxes matter and they matter a lot being aware of the implication of tax is so important here as well and most mutual fund managers behave as if that's not the case so in this episode so far we have given all the evidence around why a mutual fund is not a great option and why just investing in an index fund at a minimum is just such an easier simplified lower cost lower risk um, option for the majority of investors so if as i said if you haven't checked out the last episode on index funds make sure you go do that and as always we would love to hear from you so this is where i would love for you if you're listening on apple is to leave us a review leave us a five-star rating if you liked this and leave us a review share with us what you loved about the episode and what you want to hear more about what are you struggling with how can we help you And then equally, if you're on Spotify, follow the show, leave us a rating and, you know, screenshot that you're watching this episode, share with it on Instagram, share with us what you loved, what you want to hear more of. We would love to have an open dialogue with you and support you on your journey. Um, Make sure you go check out the show notes below as well. I have some interesting things there for you if you were serious and interested about you know, furthering your financial education and growing your wealth. Um, So make sure you go check out the show notes down below too. And I will see you in the next show. If you are ready to take it to the next level, why not check out the link down below in the show notes and download your free investing money book, 37 pages of pure witchy investing magic. And if you're feeling in the giving mood, leave us a review or share this with a bestie and support us in this global mission of creating even more wealthy witches.